Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with better help. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Welcome back to The Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and that swinging swinger. Yeah, baby, yeah. Taylor Sokol. Oh, Oh, behave. Behave, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here we are, folks. We're back with another episode of The Potential Podcast. Yes, we are. And you know what, Taylor? I really just want to jump right into it because this one's an exciting one. Oh, yes, it is. We're celebrating an anniversary this, you know, by the time this airs would have been of our last friendship? week. Oh, no, sorry. Um, well, we're we're not quite to 25 years of that. We are. <laughs> um, we're coming up almost on a decade. So uh, you're right. We're at nine years right now. But 25 years ago, May 2nd, 1997, a film came out 
that launched a franchise that for many people still hold dear to their heart is hilarious. I think personally, it's his best set of characters. Uh, And this film series is something that I still think there's a possible future for a continuation. But today, Taylor, man, the 25th anniversary of Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Can you believe it's been 25 years since that movie came out? That wow, we're we're getting old, and it's like that's nuts. We are getting think, old to think that I was like a just a young kid seeing that, and uh, I remember I never it was in theaters, but it was I remember like hearing about this movie, and but you know, speaking of you know comedy and and the element of that these you know laughs and joy these films bring. We couldn't do this alone. And we could, but we don't want to. Uh, like I, we told everyone, we want to have guests extraordinaire. and We, have, we need our spy team here. We got to have our whole spy team on board for this mission. Yes. Uh, Who so, we got? Well, I'm pretty excited about this guest here. He has uh, been a comedian, actor, voice actor, and man about town, a gentleman extraordinaire, a good friend of mine, and hopefully a good friend of yours. This is Welcome to the Podcast, Mr. Andrew Kennedy. The man about town. <laughs> How are you guys? Taylor, it seems like a lifetime away ago that we uh, that we recorded stuff in a cabin out on the high ocean. Yes. How are you I'm doing? Doing well. How are you doing? I mean, it's been... I'm, I'm finally, the things are, you know, starting back up and I'm not feeling like I'm performing for hostages anymore. Yeah. Uh, ah. you know, yeah, everybody's topless now, which is good. <laughs> And uh, I can see their faces and they're laughing. So it's nice to be in an enclosed space uh, with hundreds of people. We meant again. topless without masks. That's what you, that's you meant. Yes, I absolutely. Know. For the uh, audience that might not have gotten that. Yeah, topless. <laughs> this is now that we're AD at, or yeah, after COVID. AC. I know. It feels, it feels good to be back it, for the most part. Uh, you know, everywhere is back to a, a sense of normal. Yeah, a little brief history. I just hope it lasts. I don't yeah. want it to go. I don't want to go back. I, I can't. I know. That's that's always the fear, is that uh, very much like our infamous villain of the series, they keep coming back uh, for more world back. domination. So hopefully not the case. Uh, no. But it's good for now. At least we're enjoying what seems to be a, a normal scene. And for those, again, you know, out there, we always every now and then bring this up. If you haven't, get your vaccines. Trust me. Yeah. It helps a lot. Yes, absolutely. And then go out and explore the world. Let's live life. We're all be a man some, about well, town. had COVID or got our vaccines. Let's just go do it. And yeah, let's let's paint the town know. red. Uh, not really though. <laughs> Literally red with the blood from our lungs as we're not. <laughs> not it could be the title for the fourth film, Austin Powers, The Man About Town. Oh um, hey, baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get into this. So Austin Powers. Let's do it. Three films so far. And very much in the style of, obviously, this series heavily parodies the James Bond franchise. They're movies that they do have connected tissue, but they are all standalones. They're meant to be standalone films. And clearly, this could have been a series that could have gone on for multiple, multiple films, just like James Bond has. But so far, we've had three. We'll get to a little later for hopefully ever can see that fourth. But do you have, Andrew, any you know memories you know come to mind of the first time seeing the first film yeah i just remember the opening the opening musical oh, yeah. number just blew me away oh, it just was out of control they're all dancing in the street and mike myers is showing his prowess as a gymnast it was amazing 
that's the, so I, I just did a rewatch the other day of all three in the same day and you know these are easy films to re-binge because they're all 90 minutes in length so it's it's pretty pretty quick and they're all they're all quick pace which i love am i confusing the second one with the first and the outdoor music scene no actually there there's there's an outdoor music scene it, there's actually a few the first one is the one where everyone's chasing Austin through the streets of England. And then at one point he leads a marching band and it's. Yes. That's the one I hilarious. was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I love that they play off of he is the sexiest guy in town, apparently. And he's, and he's also a spy. <laughs> and he's also knows. a spy yeah. and everyone knows who he is. Um, and this ridiculous, that, that shag of hair he has, those ridiculous teeth, the glasses, that awesome suit that he's wears. It, it's so funny how they they really were like we want to play at the 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 element of the 60s the, the the you know the era of free love and sex and drugs and also the bad teeth the british are known for oh, having. And i'm half they, english so i know what they're talking about they play <laughs> they play is. that up so well but yeah that opening <laughs> scene is so funny because you're like he's he keeps hiding from girls and the, the you know disguises he's in the phone booth at one point he's holding up a newspaper himself and it has austin powers on it but then he goes around a corner at one point being chased by girls and then instantly comes back and he's leading a marching band and everyone starts yes. dancing <laughs> it's so funny the opening notes i remember when i first saw that and i just see his these little legs walking around and he's just like dan- like it just appealed to the you know showman and me that like i want to do something like this and like you can tell in this these scenes that Mike Myers is just loving his best life. He is just really enjoying yeah, it, really getting into it. And I just remember and, like, what is this? I am all for And this. sharing with all the young men who aspire to have these, you know, groups of women chasing after them to know that it can happen. And you just have to be that funny. If you're funny, it can happen. Like uh, the reason I got into, into, into comedy, they, they, compared stand-up comedy to like a, being in a rock band we're we're all after the same thing now i'm married so i'm betrothed to my one and only but back in the day doing the shows and all that stuff be funny and you get the girls or guys whichever way you want hey, whatever uh, whatever you're after which i love that they kind of play a little bit of uh, everything in this this film series yep he he has a it's that element of he plays up like he's the sexiest thing on the planet, even though we're watching him be like, even when he like, I love every the moment when he, he opens his shirt or something, he has that ridiculous chest hair as well. Isn't just confidence by itself what makes somebody sexy? Yeah. So literally, I've always wondered, like there's some some guys are, are, are with these beautiful women and they themselves are not the most attractive you know per se like magazine model type but it's the personality and the confidence that is attractive and so it teaches the movie just taught you to believe in yourself and to <laughs> make sure that you urinate once every 60 years or it'll oh take my longer God. Yeah. <laughs> that scene so, that scene <laughs> that is was, brilliant that was hysterical so i like i like the sci-fi element too in these films like there's that you know we're, we're looking at dr evil who is our uh, you know, clear parody of Blowfield in this uh, and hilarious. I think it's, I think for a lot of people, it's very hard to pick like, who do you like more of the two? But a lot of people like Dr. Evil because of how, how just over the top he is. Yeah. And going in the future because he gets, you know, he freezes himself in space and, and the fact that they have to cry, you know, cryo freeze Austin Powers and they have like 
it's our celebrity ward and they have like these celebrities and like vanilla <laughs> ice is on ice which is hilarious <laughs> i remember that the de-icing process i thought was so funny because i'm sure there has to be something in one of the james bond films that's similar because i think it it, it feels like very sci-fi but it felt very realistic for what it is and like <laughs> the the voice yeah. being like ejaculation com- Evacuation. Well, he was. Well, we know where your mind is. Well, to be fair, every time they say "come, come, come," come. I still laugh about that. But well, it's also, um, and you know, we'll talk about this. But like for us, when we saw these movies, you know, we are seven, eight years old. I mean, I and I, I wouldn't really watch it for a couple more years because my mom's like, you're repeating the lines like I was talking to my privates. And it's like, you're not supposed to be doing that. So, um, but watching them then. Private time. That's in your own in your own room. <laughs> but then watching these films and then going back and then after Chris and I have gone and seen a good majority. And I actually did a whole watch. This is not recently, but a while back, I did watch every single James Bond film from beginning to end. You appreciate really? these films. Yeah. Not in like 24 hours, but I yeah. did like, it was like, you know, over 24 films, but I went and watched all these and I just laugh. I was like, it's kind of amazing to think, you know, you appreciate these films humor so much more because it's all these little minute things that, that make these so funny. Cause there's not just one bit of humor in this, in these movies. And this first one, it's just the physical comedy, the, the the wordplay and just the over the topness about stuff and even when they talk like it's like a normal thing like Doctor Evil's like I'm leaving him in a, an easily escapable situation with one in every yeah. guard like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah calling it out for what it is yeah I love that yeah. they kind of talk to the audience a little bit there is moments where yeah, they're spilling out exactly what's gonna happen um, the goofiness of like even like scenes like there's that uh, he he pops up in every movie as a small cameo. But you have Michael McDonald there as the guard being like, no! Oh, yeah. When and they're like, get run over. watch out, move. And it's like, he has all the time to escape, but they keep. Oh, yeah, no! with, the, with a huge roller. And then yeah. the roller goes over right. him and they're just like, all right, we better get going. And, and even m- and even <laughs> such a such a small cameo, you miss it. But I got to love going back and watching these. And I saw like Will Ferrell when he's like the over the top, like Mustafa. I think it's his first oh, yeah. movie role was Mustafa. I want to say I it's need his first. help. I am injured. I I'm still alive. You shot I'm, me. You shot me in you the arm. You shot me. You shot me. And it, but while still playing up the James Bond element of the villain would have these chairs that could decimate them into burning his yes. overall plan for world dominance. But then the humor of like, we'll take one million dollars. <clears throat> Shouldn't exactly. we ask for more money? What? Yeah. A million's not really worth that much now. You want like a yeah. billion? Well, I don't know. I've been frozen for 30 years. Like, people tell me these things, you freaking people. Yeah. Throw me a bone. <laughs> and his relationship with his son, which was awesome. The fact that he had little moments where he looked like he actually cared about him till we realized that at the end he didn't. Seth Green, I think, plays such a funny role in these um, because of their arguments that they have. And of course, they keep going with the whole like, zip it, you know, and like him, him shushing him. But the fact that Scott like wants to be evil, but just isn't evil enough. <laughs> and then we'll get to mini me. Did you know that Seth Green was uh, the younger brother in Can't Buy Me Love of McDreamy or whatever his name is? Remember that movie, Can't Buy Me Love? It's before your time. Never saw it, no. Mm, no. Okay, then that's it. We are generationally disconnected and that's okay. <laughs> because 
I was not seven when Austin Powers came out. <laughs> I was a bit older, not bit wiser, older. but older. Though for the audience, you know, Andrew comes is a very interesting case of, you know, the cultural uh, divide. You know, as he said, his father is English, his mother Colombian. So he, he has, you know, what was... I'm and sure I look completely white. So yeah, I talk about uh, promoting diversity through comedy because when you so combine- So he has tea food, and coffee at the same time. He combines- I do. Them. I have cocaine at four. <laughs> I'm sorry. How are we? How was that? Like, you know, you had different styles of humor, but was oh, it was interesting to, you know, have like your your father's side of comedy, like, you know- just Yeah, but my father was funny, not in the, like my mother, La Colombiana, you know, I speak fluent Spanish. I was raised in Colombia, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, and then lived in Hong Kong. I swear to God, I think my father was in the SIS because we moved around <laughs> so much. Yeah. I never I never quite got the truth. Come on, tell me dad, what 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 were you? Why did we move? He's All Nigel Powers. He was Nigel Powers. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> now, Austin. That was actually a pretty good Michael York. I was going to bring it's up. Not bad, I love, from what I remember. I love the the names too of a lot of these characters. So you have Basil Expositions. Clearly, you know, you have not only is he the one that you know gives Austin all of his duties and what his missions are, but he literally gives all of the exposition. And Michael York, great actor. But all the, the stock characters of like you know Doctor Evil and all his henchmen. You have number two. Literally, he's number two. His name number two. Robert Wagner. Oh, Robert Wagner, hilarious. Mini Sterling as Frau. <laughs> for for oh my god yeah that's just, she's hysterical her her ability to just scream everything literally i was i was like in tears laughing the day re-watching some of these because her just is that it the cloud? yeah <laughs> like yeah no <laughs> ridiculous I, <laughs> I i thought of her and cloris leachman being like yeah. in the same level of being amazing character actresses they were you know like it's so it's from the style, and that's what I'm saying. In the style of a farce, you know, this is very like Cal Baromas to you know Mel Brooks. Like, and, and Chris and I actually went into deep dive in Mel Brooks films. That it's, you know, it has that the elements of it where it's like you're taking it seriously but not, and it it, it blurs the line very well. They actually aired Blazing Saddles on one of the TCMs or whatever, and unedited, and and this is a movie that you know, you could never make today. And it's hysterical, but awful at the same time. And I was like, we live in a different time. And, and it's it's so weird because we all evolve and uh, Blazing Saddles, you can't do. Young Frankenstein, you could still do. Well, yeah, we, we talked about how like that film, Mel Brooks kind of wrote that to kind of spell out racism to kind of show the ridiculousness of oh, racism. Oh, absolutely. We know what's happening, but you can't, yeah. We know about why Mel Brooks and looking at those movies where- a lot of the same actors play multiple characters. You have that camp, you have Monty Python. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't until the 90s when we'd have movies like Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy with The Nutty Professor, where we got these movies where we're having actors play multiple characters in the same movie. And although I, I'll always have kind of a soft spot for Nutty Professor, because again, it was a movie that came out like when we were kids and I enjoy some of it it got to the point where it's a little too over the top when it's like way, like so many characters. I think this, this film series was a smart for Mike Myers to be like, I'm going to do two, the two lead characters, the hero and the villain, and then I'll start to add characters. And we get to, a, you know, we'll talk about Goldmember and how that that's like the least favorite of his four characters. But between these two characters, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil, I love how in the first film they really did, you know, it's so of the time period and the budget where like, Whenever they're supposed to be in the same shot, 
it's always like the back of Austin's head and you see him Dr. Evil or vice versa. It's clearly a body of double. Course. Yes. But, I mean, he's so good in both roles and they're so distinct while still keeping true to like a spy thriller. I think that's what I think is what I love about these yeah. movies is they're short and there's still some action in the fact that Austin does like judo chop, like he has like judo moves and calling it out, you know, and the whole like, oh, the Vembots. And he like uses his sexuality to like yes. <laughs> defeat them. Defeat them. They're, they're not supposed to be able to be defeated by any man. Yeah. But not Austin is no ordinary man. The confidence. But I got to tell you, you know, you, you're talking about how, for, at least for me and Taylor this time, I mean, I probably saw this via, you know, VHS or DVD. It wasn't like I probably saw this in theaters for the first time or maybe on TV, but I remember having quite a crush on Elizabeth Hurley. Oh, absolutely. This movie and Bedazzled are probably the only two movies I saw her in when I was a kid because I probably wouldn't have seen any other movies she did. She mostly did. Uh, you know dramas are like you know more rated r content and she's funny in this too i think she's great as she is. the kind of meek- the scene where she's making sure that nobody can see his genitalia it's oh, yes. all it's perfect and you, you can clearly see that she's watching a monitor because uh-huh. she's concentrating too hard on her movements and, and and she's clearly looking at a monitor so she can see where she has to put her uh the coverage and it's, it's hysterical. And then bites into the hot, into this, the Wiener schnitzel, yeah? Ooh, I, oh, oh, yeah, the one part where she's eating the morning sausage. She's just standing there. Oh, yeah. And she bites like, oh. It was just these little, like, yes. moments. And, and I just still and she it. took a bite, like, the, the way you never want to see a, a beautiful woman ever take a bite of a banana or a sausage. It was, it was very it was scary. Bite. Frightening. <laughs> that and, like, you know, when they, they're having their honeymoon at the end of the film. And she's like, oh, uh fruit and like holds up cantaloupe yeah. and then hey, she bends down again and then oh, i got nice milk rack. for you <laughs> yeah and they and that's obviously a bit they continued into the other films i mean you know talking about musical number the spy who shagged me starts with this whole you know great scene that i thought was hilarious of vanessa was actually a vembot all along and i just love <laughs> what do you right. after this big action scene of her trying to kill him and she blows up and realize that Dr. Evil had given her a Venbot this whole time. When he talks to Basil, he's like, apparently she was a Venbot. Yes. Uh, and we knew all along, sadly. And he looks at the camera like, what? Yeah. Well, just a great way. Like they, they make fun of that whole idea where especially like all his Bond girls never go into the next Never film. appear again, right? And it was just like all these plot inconsistencies of the film. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we knew. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> they, they do but then they so take that, they take that nude bit. And then they're like, we're going to do the whole opening sequence of this movie <laughs> with him being nude, dancing. Talk about single again. You've like, got to keep, kick it up a notch. Every time you do another one, it's got to be, you know, you raise the bar. I actually, for me personally, after rewatching all three, and although I love each film individually for certain things, I think The Spy Who Shagged Me is the best of the three for me. And I think they, they, they took it up a notch uh, for many aspects. But that opening number is just hilarious. And he, like, you know, he walks by and like two buttocks of ham walk by. And, he, like, you know, there's always a bit where it covers him. And then he goes into the whole synchronized swimming bit, which is oh, just God. hilarious. Um, but having, you know, Dr. Evil is back and we have to come up with a new plan. And I like that they, they again, continue that James Bond element that the villain would come up with another plan. And it's always some ridiculous role domination thing. But 
this having the time travel element where, you know, the first film it's because they were frozen for 30 years. So they just happened to be in the nineties. Now with actually having a time travel device, you're looking at having Rob Lowe come in as a young number two. Brilliantly done. Brilliant. Yeah. And Mike Myers himself, I, I, you know, I listened to Rob Lowe's podcast, um, which is pretty fun. Uh, and he talked about how he, he had no, he had no clue that he would, you know, be in a movie like that. And Mike Myers himself reached out to him after Wayne's World and was like, I think you'd be perfect for this. And I'm writing this character with you in mind. And he does it so well. I just love that he he obviously is a younger version, but Frau is the same age. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah. you look so healthy and you feel Frau. Right. Right. <laughs> Frau is different ages. Well, they made, what did they do? They played with her hair and added more makeup and put her hair down to make her look younger, or whatever. But that, it was, it, it was funny. That made it funny. She clearly was not, the, not younger. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly not younger, but a great comedy bit. But we have to talk about the late, great Vern Troyer playing Mini Me, um, who, you know, he doesn't really have lines per se. Uh, there's little bits here and there, and it gets a little more in, in three, but. <laughs> The hilarious notion that they would have cloned Dr. Evil, but for some reason it turned out one eighth his size. And yes. having this little rabid just version of Dr. Evil, he's so funny. It's so fun. You're to watch saying that. late because he has since passed. I Yes, Vern Troyer passed away. 2018. 2018. Wow. Man. But he, what a life he led after he had that role because he was just surrounded by women for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, that much. too. Yeah. I mean, he was in Pirates, and he he did a bunch of movies. But uh, yeah, he he recently passed away. But this is obviously like one of his iconic roles, and oh yeah, the, the humor that Doctor Evil kind of considers him like a son slash a pet, um, and yeah. that he's rabid against. He hates Scott. He wants like Scott to die, and like the feud between yeah. the two of them. <laughs> and then we get into the musical numbers of Doctor Evil and Mini Me, which continues in the three as well. Yeah, in the prison, the one in the prison, right? The one in the prison he? is in gold oh. member, which is hilarious. But the one, oh, in that's, here, right. Here, that's right, that's um, right. That was just gold the member. two of us. And at the end, I mean, he goes, You and I, and I feel like, wait, did you just speak? <laughs> and they're all like, Was that him? And then we got we have to add in here, uh, first off, we have the uh, gorgeous Heather Graham as Felicity Shagwell, Shagwell by reputation, <laughs> Shag very well, um, which is, uh, again, just gorgeous and she's really fun in this yeah. i like that she looks up to austin as why she got into the spy game but i like the two in these films the, the the girls are they're not just like the side piece that doesn't do anything they kick butt they yeah they, they do they're which is fatales. so much different than a majority of the original james bond films yeah. were like that they're, they're typically just the, 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 the other than octopus <laughs> yeah. kick ass um but they she's great in this and then we add the character, Mike Myers' third character in this film, Fat Bastard, uh, who is gross in all the right ways. Uh, <laughs> it, makes, it makes you laugh. He, it's disgusting, yes. but it makes you laugh. And just the fact that he, uh, when he's like, you can have, you know, I, I don't want the money. I want your baby. I <laughs> want your baby. Baby, baby, oh, baby, back, baby. <laughs> I've got a wedgie so up my butt and need a coat hanger to pull it out. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. <laughs> he reprised the role in Shrek. Which one yeah, came basically. first, Shrek or... It was, um, it was... 
It was I Austin Shrek, Powers, right? I think Shrek. Uh, Shrek was after, yeah, because this was 1999. No, not now, Dunke. <laughs> it basically is the same game. Oh, even that, that one line. Even that one life, one line when he's like, "I got crap on deck like a chunk of donkey." Yeah, oh, that's true. <laughs> I eat because I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy because I eat. I eat. <laughs> and then it's like silence, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> "Did you saw yourself? Maybe." <laughs> um, but I love the plotness of guy. the fat bastard is sent back in time to steal Austin Powers' mojo, which is hilarious that he has this yes. magical you know mystical thing that like is it he's like a syringe and it's like it's all like glowing and stuff and then I, and when, when dr he was like i have his mojo and he's like and then he drinks it and it's like and then he's like oh yeah and he has all these like and he gets it on with frau yeah um, oh yeah which was a funny thing to do because then it sets up that Scott actually wasn't some test tube baby of Dr. No, Scott he really is their love child. Their love child. Um, and I love that scene in the beginning. They, they had in the first film, uh, it's a, a couple scenes that actually the monologue that Dr. Evil does when they're in like therapy, him and the Scott, movie, and yeah, Carrie oh. Fisher is the like, you know, the, the helper of the running the group. And it's yeah. like, well, tell us about your youth. And he does this whole thing, you know, like I was born in Belgium in Rouge and he does this whole like, my father had ridiculous things like he invented the question mark and the, like he gets so ridiculous <laughs> in that in this i love that they pull in the the very typical of the day or topical i should say jerry springer um <laughs> and this whole like evil dads trying to connect with their sons and and like the guy in the kkk outfits like what a jerk face or whatever and then dr was like don't talk to my son like that and then he runs over and starts beating on him and they all just start fighting him, and he starts beating on jerry springer I was dying. I mean, I was dying laughing because I was like, that's so of that time, especially when was the when was the remembering uh, Michael Caine and the scene in the exploding car that they ripped off an actual Michael Caine movie? Not that's in the, three, yeah. which actually, that is yeah. in three. OK, that's in three. Um, but yeah, I think two with him going to like a volcano lair. Uh, they have that really funny bit that they continued in three where the, the guards are coming in to to attack and you see the silhouette of Heather Graham and Mike Myers, and it looks like she keeps pulling things out of his ass. That's um, right. And like a gerbil and like a rope, and they're all just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, I know. And Will Ferrell back from- as Mustafa is a great scene. He gets more of a big scene in this, and I love the bit that he can't be asked a question three times or he has to, he has to give up the answer. <laughs> so it's like, where's Dr. Evil hiding? Where's Dr. Evil hiding? Where's Dr. Evil hiding? Ah, Damn, three times. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great scene and of course he falls over the the cliff and uh uh i broke my, I broke my leg <laughs> and he breaks That's his right. other leg um and i love that scene in the very beginning of the film where we have the one uh robin swallows what is it uh, spitz is my maiden name what is it baby spitz <laughs> swallows and she can't die she just keeps not dying damn you powers they fall way out of the she gets shot by the bazooka she gets stabbed and she falls over gun, the, yeah, the, and falls on the ground. She's still alive. Like, Damn you, Powers! Why won't you die? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also have the great bit of uh, you know the rocket coming in the space, and like it looks like a huge Johnson. And they keep now uh, looks like a yeah. They keep Willie. cutting away to different uh, yeah. Uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and it's one of those jokes where I feel like this would be a film where if you were younger watching it, there'd still be a lot of the physical gags and the tropes that you could like connect to and laugh about. Some of the adult humor might go over your head, but you'd get it yeah. later. It's not like too 
crass i would say you know like obviously yeah, no so you it could be like an all ages kind of movie yeah. because you're right the kids are missing what they don't need to understand and still enjoying it for like they always they always hide nudity action. like you know there's no actual nudity it's no. always hidden it's antelopes that's not it's nudity. not really it's not really like a a heavy foul language set of films not at all like you know i think shit is said a few times and you know it's it's so i think there's a there was still a family element to this without or the adult humor would have been enjoyed well, a little it's a, bit more. It's like tongue-in-cheek, and I think that's yeah. part and parcel to, again, Mike Myers' love and tribute to the British comedy because of his dad. His dad was, like, a huge influence uh, because he showed him all these films. It's like, oh, this is, you know... And then, of course, he references in them, like, In Like Flint and all these other films. And yeah. Um, But, yeah, just it's so funny to think, like... It was very open, and there is a bit of that... I just love also just how over the top and sexual uh, Austin Powers character is just all the time. It's just like, just very funny. Well, him and like in that first film, he just, he instantly wants to just get it on with, uh, you know, Vanessa the entire time. And she's yeah. like, you can't, this, this is the nineties. People just like hook up all the time. And he's like, <laughs> and I like that there's kind of a moment for him to kind of drive around. The Vegas realization. And, yeah. And realize that like, it's a different time period. It's um, a bummer. It bummed him out. He it made him depressed for a moment. I mean, he still gets her in the end, so good yes, on you. But, um, <laughs> but even like I love in this when he 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 goes back to the '60s and he's back to his pad, and there's just you know hot women everywhere. Everyone's dancing, having a good time. His teeth instantly go back, and like Perfect. it breaks the mirror of the car. <laughs> like he's like, Ugh. but the whole time again, the confidence element that Heather Graham is into him the whole movie, and in the end, he's like, I I I can't get the girl because of my mojo. Um, and she's like, you've had it all along. You saved the world, you, you know. And the whole ending of two, them going to the moon for Doctor Evil's like moon lair, very James Bond. And I love that they parody, like Moonraker. Yeah, have, yeah, moon. And they have like they do the whole Star Wars parody. And it was like, like, I'm your father, Austin. <laughs> I'm your father. Really? <laughs> no, I can't back that up. <laughs> and then he and i love what he, then he goes back in time to save it and it's, it's like i'm you from 10 minutes ago it's yeah like, let's go and so speaking of the confidence i wanted to say we're saving it for this the fact that when austin meets austin he's like i'm austin i'm 10 i'm you 10 minutes from now and they're just so into each other like you are a sexy beast yeah, you're so cute. that they, they're so into and then at one point he's like what's the what's the rules of menage a trois yeah <laughs> and it is actually when the movie ends during the post credit scene, there's like kind of mid credit scenes. There's a moment where uh, Felicity is in bed with Austin and he comes in with like roses and he's like, wait a minute. He thinks that she's cheating on him. And yeah. Then it's really, he's right. Past Austin. He's like, I guess it's not considered cheating if it's still me. It was such a funny mm. like, little ad online. Um, <laughs> and then what's really funny is at the very, very end of the credits, you still go back to the road where Mustafa's still down in the <laughs> in the valley, and he's like, "I've made a stint, and I'm going to try to stand on it." And it <laughs> but the second movie did the best box office wise of the three films. Uh, well, the, the 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 lead up to it was phenomenal because I, from from the first one, everybody was just waiting for the second one because the first one was so successful. I mean, like looking at this box office report. The first film made worldwide 67 million and change. The second movie made 312 million and change. So that's a huge uh, boom. 
Uh, and the third movie was just short of that. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Goldmember and the future of Austin Powers. Goldmember. Hello, world listeners, and welcome back to the Evil is in the Details podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evil. As always, I'm joined by co-host and loyal assistant, number two. How are you, number two? I'm good, doctor. Thank you. And how are you? Oh, just peachy. Another evil day. Can't complain. Any news? Well, our stock in Twitter just skyrocketed. And we would like to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Starbucks. For a limited time, use the code EVIL for 10% off your next Frappuccino. Oh, frap. What a steal. <laughs> How's the live chat going, Frau? Oh, the live chat is booming, Doctor. So many comments! So many bonds! Okay. Turn it down a notch. Or the people's AirPods will freaking explode. Well, folks, let's get right to the subject of today's episode. My next plan for world domination. Ooh, very good, Ed Doctor. Using this podcast, I will transmit my message across the globe, calling upon my fans to do my evil bidding using my mind control device. My minions will crush governments, steal from the largest banks, and... Evil will be spread through the land. (laughs) Are you seriously giving away your next dumb plan on this podcast? What's that, Scott? This is a public channel, you ass. Don't you think Austin Powers will hear this? You know what, Scott? You just keep disappointing me. Excuse me? Daddy lets you come on his evil podcast and you just don't fit the vibe. Yeah, well, your vibe sucks. That's it. Mute his mic. You can't do that. You are the mute of all evil. But wait a minute. Is this a rom-com? It's time for a meet mute. That's so stupid. The Wizarding World called. They need you back, mute Scamander. What? As long as I got my mutant tie, I'll switch your mic off on the floor tonight. JT. I hate you. Was traffic bad, Scott? How was your commute? That's it. I'm leaving. Okay. Bye, son. Right. He'll be back. Or not. I don't care. I don't care. Where was I? Your plan for world domination, Dr. Evil. Ah, yes. It's time to unleash my mind control device. And there's no stopping me this time, Powers. For over 30 years, they battled across time, space, and ridiculously convoluted sequels. Both men out of time and out of ideas. But now, they've got one more trick up their sleeves. Now, they will reunite once again. But not to do battle, but to buddy cop it up. 
Come on, Dr. Evil. My brother from the same mother. We've got a job to do. And I need your dastardly morning with my mojo. Yeah. Right. Listen, Austin. I've retired from the evil business. How many freaking times do I have to remind you? It's Dr. Powers now. I told you I got my man of mystery degree online. It's accredited, really. Fuck, bastard. Hey, Powers. Yeah, this girl legit is pretty great. I'm continuing to work on my fitness like Fergie. I even got my fitness instructor degree. Have you ever heard of this Zumba? They'll have to work together as brothers and as buddies to battle an evil they've never faced before. Austin, we need you once again. Our world faces a new threat. A French madman calls himself Le Chat. Very heavy man. And that's not the worst part. He's enlisted Scott Evil, who has gone back in time to the 1980s to unleash the diabolical plot of stopping the internet and ruining the chances of social media from ever happening. Awesome ladies, you spin me right round, baby, yeah! <laughs> Don't forget me, big bro. This is a family affair. Daddy's gotta show Scott who's boss. Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> Too much? Yeah. Just a bit, man. More action. More excitement. More pop culture references. Say hello to my little friend. Where's the beef? I mean, yeah, where's the gym? Yeah, it's gonna get strong. And more hair? Oh, behave, baby. I'm a hairy beast. Yeah! Austin Powers 4. Tomorrow came too soon. In theaters, summer 2025. Yeah, baby, yeah! Well, we're back talking here about Austin Powers. 25th anniversary of that first film just happened last week, but we have to get to the third film here, Goldmember. That came out in 2002. That's been the last film so far of the series. 20 years ago, I can't even believe that the third one is still 20 years ago. Yeah. It's wow. kind of impressive that all three of these films came out within five years of each other. And that's because that's, yeah. you think about sequels, you know, it was still a time when sequels weren't like coming out like churning and burning, like where some series, as we've seen with all these big franchises nowadays, they they were really good about, he. I think he really had a good plan for getting these out there and some good ideas. And it was like, but then we, we love the first one. Second one, like I agree with you, Chris, uh, before we, we had our break, uh, definitely one of my, my favorites d- between the three. But then the third one, I was definitely super hyped for this one because I remember seeing the trailer and I was I, I was like, yes, they're making another one. This is going to be nuts. Yeah, this one was this one was the letdown for me. It's it's it has good. It, there's good like plot points, good choices. But there is some things where I think they they're they're repeating material, or it gets a little like more raunchy or a little more like crass. Um, 
first off, we'll talk about Goldmember himself. So Mike Mayer is playing. I love gold. This fourth character, obviously a spoof of Goldmember, uh, of Goldfinger yeah. from James Bond, but his his uh, private parts are what is. Uh, I lost my private parts to a, a smelting accident. <laughs> the thing that didn't really work for me, I think he's kind of funny with like he always references like bands, like he starts singing songs and they'll be like, "Mama, can you hear me?" Okay, so there's a bit like he does that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's when he's skating around and he would like lift his leg all the way up. Yes, those moments didn't work for me. And then also like he kept peeling, kept eating his like skin. It was like yeah, okay. that was a little gross. I've never seen the Goldfinger movie, so I was like, is there something in that that relates to that? Or is that just because he's Dutch and they wanted to be like, he's so white, he peels? Yeah, <laughs> no, know? I don't think there was. <laughs> no. I saw the Goldfinger and that 40 years ago, probably. So I think I think you, you kind of look at, if you have a, a judge meter, you kind of take some pegs down because of Goldmember, because I don't think he worked as well as like Dr. Evil and other characters. It didn't. The character just wasn't, it wasn't as, yeah, it wasn't as likable as the other two. Where it balances out is having Michael Caine play Nigel Powers. That is a fantastic casting choice, and he's hilarious as Austin's dad. He is. And we get so much of, like, I, it was kind of a bold move for them in this film to do, like, oh, Austin and Dr. Evil have always known each other. They they went to Academy together. Yeah. They were roommates. So, it's it's kind of a fun humor of like even though he always wants to take over the world and he's always thwarted by austin there is this connection between the two of them and that his dad was never there for like all these big moments in his life and that nigel's very much exactly like austin he is a womanizer he has the same like teeth the accent yep he's very good at his job like <laughs> when he when he comes in on the uh, the submarine and the guards are coming up to me he's like look you don't even have a name tag. You have no chance. And Dr. Evil is like, oh, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, I think he's very fun in this film. And I like that there was a more of a vulnerability to Austin. It's always been a romantic thing so far in the films. This one really is like daddy issues, which yeah. I think was a fun thing to play up that we haven't seen for the character. And then our last big addition into this is uh, Beyonce. I think this was like her first acting role. Not her, that acting, she's really yeah, her acting debut. Not that she's done like a ton of acting, but this was a big role for her to be the girl of this film, Foxy Cleopatra. And I still love yeah. that song as she gets to sing Gold Member, which is a great parody of all those, you know, Casey and Sunshine Band songs or, uh, um, you know, Bee Gees. And uh, it's so... Well, even like yeah, all the Bond films have these great songs. I think they played up some of those. Like even the second film has that evil, <laughs> evil is his one and only. You know, it's very <laughs> iconic, but yeah. The gold song is great. And I think she's fun in this film. She brings she, is. she brings a different element. She's very fun to watch. Um, and again, of course, attractive, you know. Well, they're interesting take that, you know, though they're not in the 70s long, um, you know, film-wise, the fact that it's kind of a, a take on a little bit of that, like, black exploitation, you know, like Shaft and all those. So I thought that was, yeah. again, he's, he's pulling in so many different elements, which is kind of crazy how it still works, though. It doesn't really... And it's a great foil for him where it's not focused on like their romance and stuff. Like she's sexy, but she can kick ass and she's a lot of fun. But it's like you said, I do love the father element because I thought that's such a really, really great one. And I love um, Daddy Doesn't Care, <laughs> which is such a great song. Which is fun that I actually reading that Mike Myers actually him and a couple people did form this band Ming T. And the, the scenes you see throughout the films where 
you know, they, they have these cutaways between scenes where it's like a band playing and it's a bunch of people dancing like in a, on a set. Uh, it reminds you a lot of like the, the music videos of the time and era. That's an actual band that he did form and they have, have recorded some songs and Daddy Doesn't Care was, was one of them. Um, so that whole scene when he's playing uh, that song is an actual band called Ming T that he's the lead singer for. I'm Googling that right now. Yeah, look it up. Ming T. Yeah, that uh, was just the fact that it was inspired that. And um but yeah, and it's it I really want to like go I would love for even if they didn't do it, you know, more, I would love to like to like some more albums with them doing stuff together. I think that would be like so much fun. Yeah, because we wanna that's something like I don't think anyone's doing like an era piece like that anymore with music. So it'd be kind of fun to see what else they could have come up with. The things that work for me in this film is I do think the father element works and it's a, it's a, we're seeing it from both angles. We're seeing it for Austin and Nigel, but we're also seeing it with Scott and Dr. Evil. They're bonding more in this film and the pushing out of mini me is actually quite funny to the point where mini me trades sides, which I thought was a really funny take of <laughs> he becomes like little Austin and like him in that little suit with the, the hair and the glasses is very fun. And Scott kind of taking more of a liking to being evil and he gets like the sharks with the laser beams on his head Starts finally losing his hair <laughs> but his hair like every time that touch people see is like whoa um <laughs> but then we have characters like we have um Fred Savage in here who is the mole with the mole yeah, he's like the mole, mole. the mole um and every time someone sees him whoa <laughs> whatever you do don't notice or mention the mole and everybody can't help it Including Austin. And that kind of brings me back to like almost a little Mel, Mel Brooks, you know, uh, I can fix that hump. What hump? You know? <laughs> yeah. And the wordplay again, where like Dr. Evil comes up with this plan is like, I'm going to have this tractor beam that's going to get the, you know, minus 22. And we w- we had preparation A through G and none of them worked, but now preparation H will work. And then of course <laughs> Scott's like, yeah, ass. Y'all have some chocolate ass cream. <laughs> okay if you want um the fact that dr evils he never understands that his plans have ridiculous well, he's, names he's or, just inept know. as austin which i think they still play up that thing but i want to bring it back to michael kane though it's actually interesting um fun fact that i read about this that um his austin powers character was influenced by a secret agent called harry palmer which was a character played by michael kane in three films oh. and like the glasses the hair so it, it's it's great the fact that then he would star in it playing his dad while spoofing so it's an inception at so many levels of a spoof within a spoof with it you know and uh he does That's such awesome. a such a great job and i thought that was kind of crazy to think like how many films out there have done such a good job parodying others and making like a real film without being in the terms of like you know like scary movie and all that where yeah this one almost it felt like it was its own thing while still mm-hmm. that great i mean how many encompass but one of my favorite moments of this film though was the movie within a movie element like so steven spielberg was making a movie that's awesome that was re-watching i'm like that's really cool idea and i think i'm this is the one i'm pretty sure this is only film is that where tom cruise plays austin yes yeah and tom cruise uh is austin powers and the whole beginning you're like this is like really badass and then turn around he's like yeah baby yeah it's like (laughs) tom cruise and then gwyneth paltrow is um Dixie, Dixie Enormous. 
and then <laughs> Kevin Spacey's Doctor Evil, and then Danny the best DeVito. is Dave DeVito's Mini Me. Come get me, asshole! And he's like, <laughs> he's like firing. And then of course at the very end, uh, when we have John Travolta playing Goldmember, a bong and a blitz, pancake and a. <laughs> That's right. They had all those, all those famous cameos because they now they had a budget. They had now all they the had a budget. They, Obviously, they, this had the biggest budget of the films. Yep. To get Tom Cruise to sign, you have to have yeah. some money. And that's that's fun. I think that's a fun thing. Some of the things that I think are funny at the time, but are a little goofy. And again, it's like, if it, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, they're running in a fat bastard again. And he's a sumo wrestler now. And he's trying to like make a better life for himself. They have that ridiculous fight scene in like the, the spa room. And he's like, I hope my wire team is ready. <laughs> and he starts to run. And he's doing like flips. And then one like, one, oh, one breaks and he's isn't like isn't this, this magical, this magical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks ridiculous it just looks ridiculous but i think i think at this point they probably were thinking we have to go a little goofier and, and now we're getting to the 2000s where i think a lot of comedies were at this place um where there's still there's like smart humor in this and there's also really dumb humor um like we get to the scene like i said before where they have like a sheet up um, and we've seen him and Minnie Me trying to work out this whole plan. And from the angle of the the guard who's supposed to do a health test, it looks like it looks like you know Austin Powers' penis is like yeah. giving him an apple and putting it in the map, and he's just like, "What the hell?" And then at one point, it looks like he's giving birth to a baby. It's so over the top, you know. And even like the scene, like the last one, we had the rocket one, and then you had the satellite looked like you know a pair of boobs. They even, but the thing is, they even comment on it because you have like Ozzy Osbourne, like, oh, they're using the last joke, and you know, the so. same joke from the last stupid movie. It looked like a pair of <laughs> yeah, um, and that was fun too. They got these like cameos of like some big name, like at one point, you know, Woody Harrelson, uh, Willie Nelson, Ozzy. So I think it's fun that they, they were able to, you know, and yeah, at the beginning, Steven Spielberg is directing the movie, and he's like, I think it's fine, but we could do a little bit of work. I have some notes. And he holds up the Oscar. Um, I think he says otherwise. And I always love the moment when they start doing the dance uh, at the beginning, which this also has a great musical number of him going through the different sets. You see Steven Spielberg all of a sudden like do like a bunch of like gymnastic moves away. Obviously, it's a dancer, but it always made me laugh. And like he's just like peace out. <laughs> well, and then, we get, and then we get a little moment with Quincy Jones and then Britney Spears yeah. too. It was like I, that, I love this right. moment. And I, I forgot how many people were involved. It's well, I love those crazy. moments throughout the films when he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bert Bacharach. Or like, ooh, yeah, Elvis always, Costello. Always have Bert and Elvis Costello in the second one, yeah. And, you know, speaking of that, I mean, the movie did well. It didn't do as well as the second one. But I think for a lot of people, they still really enjoyed it. But clearly there was a a, a break here after three. Uh, and there's been these rumors for a long time about a fourth one. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I did want to talk about the music. George S. Clinton has been the composer of all three films. That Austin Powers theme that we know so well, but bam, is such a fun song. I mean, in itself, it is a great theme. And I like that all the music in the films still sounds like you're watching a spy movie. It's not like the music doesn't fit. You know, Dr. Evil has these themes. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, absolutely. It really, yeah. It's such good music. I love the, the music in this. I think it really plays up the spy element. Um, so that I think why it kind of, in a way, these films take themselves serious with the subject matter. Then they get to have fun with commenting a little bit of the meta nature. And then the parody element really is where like, you're laughing so hard, but you're still watching 
a spy thriller, you know? Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't, we didn't touch on the end of the third film, the big reveal that as, as you wanted to talk about Andrew, them actually using that clip of an old Michael Caine movie, which is kind of clever that they did it. Yeah. That uh, Austin and Dr. Evil are actually brothers. They are separated Dougie. and one Dougie. lived a lovely life. Um, and I thought that actually was kind of funny because it kind of was like the big twist where it's like, you know, <laughs> like he's like, remember when I told you we're not so different, you and I? And they like cut back to the first film. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I did say that. Remember? <laughs> um, I like that they kind of did that. I think it was like a fun, like, they've always been enemies to each other, but it's not like they really like, he, is, he doesn't want to like see Dr. Evil like die. And, and, Clearly, Dr. Evil doesn't have an in him to actually kill Austin Powers. That's why he always puts him in these ridiculous situations he gets out of. And so I think that was kind of a fun element at the end. And then, like, <laughs> Dr. Evil is like, yeah, baby. And everyone's like, looks at him. No, no just trying it just on. Trying it on. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Evil being, I think, such a popular character, Mike Myers has come back to reprise that character uh, on SNL a few times. Uh, most notably, there was a time during the Trump president, which was really funny, where he was like, evil's back. And, you know, it was kind of a funny thing he did on SNL. You don't even call it presidency. You called it the Trump president. The Trump president. <laughs> Not yeah. even a presidency. Well, <laughs> our own thoughts aside. And then even this year, during the Super Bowl, Mike Myers came back to do a Dr. Evil-inspired commercial. I can't remember what the company was for, but he had, like, all the characters back and... So he's had a, a desire to do these characters again, and he's talked about a fourth film for years. For whatever reason, it's never gone off the ground. But one thing we kind of were talking about before we started recording, Andrew, is looking at the James Bond franchise itself. It has gone heavily away from the more sci-fi and bizarre uh, and the gadgets. And also humorous. And the humor, it's more been yeah. very gritty and realistic. You know, It I has. I, I really grew up with the Pierce Brosnan era more towards the tail end. And then I've watched all the Daniel Craig movies and really have enjoyed those for what they are. Yeah. So nowadays, if you're going to do an Austin Powers movie looking more at the Bond we know now, I think it still would have the camp and the funny and the parody. But I think in a way, if they had the budget for it, they could go a little more hardcore with the action. You know? Can I jump in and say that? Yeah. It's funny you say that. Just because it was quoted, Daniel Craig actually said, and he... Uh, you, uh, I, I'm not gonna swear because I want to, but he uh, like he dropped a he dropped an f bomb and he said, "Those Austin Powers movies they they messed us up because we had to, we had to go we had to go grittier." So it was in this. It's interesting you say that because with the Austin Powers made the I think kind of helped the James Bond elevate itself. Now how James Bond is elevated, it's got to elevate maybe Austin Powers to another level, which I completely agree. It needs to be maybe more action, more stunts, and maybe maybe a different type and the of script has got to be it's got to be a really great script because you can't you know the, the that third film le let the air out of how we f i i think most people thought of austin powers and that's why they didn't go again they didn't go for four because they said i think i think we've we've done it so it's got to be a good script and maybe that's the reason it's been floating around for so long yeah since 2005 which is a long time to and we've seen other movie properties that take a long time to come out you know we're, we're in a big era right now where a lot of franchises are getting a reboot or a sequel or even a series so i think there's still hope that it could 
especially with him coming back to do a commercial this year. And he was, uh, it, the funny thing too, is he has a show coming out this year on Netflix where he's back to playing multiple characters. He's playing like five characters for this mm -hmm. new comedy series coming out on Netflix this year. He really is so talented. I remember watching Bohemian Rhapsody and it, it took me like 10 minutes to figure out that the agent was Michael Myers. I was even like, th even thinking back before that, cause he hadn't acted in a while. And I remember him in *Inglorious bastards. He has like one little scene and I was like, Oh my God, that's Mike Myers. He's taken a lot of time to be with his kids. Rightfully. So, you know, he's, he did a lot for showbiz for a long time. And I think too, the last big comedy movie he did was love guru, which uh, yeah. I've still never seen. And well. from all I know, it I've heard it. Well. It was really bad. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's always a bit of a, uh, there's always a bit of a fear too to go back to what you're really good for. So what he's kind of popped into some of these more dramatic roles, and yeah, him and Bohemian Rhapsody is the agent. <laughs> so, yeah, so right, oh, um, wow. and even a full circle moment for him because I remember watching him in interviews talk about when it came to writing Wayne's World, he was like, "It has to be Bohemian Rhapsody." He had to fight hard for that song. Originally, the company wanted uh, a different rock song. He was like, "No, I that's the song I need to have for that film," and eventually they were able to pay for the rights to use it so kind of a full circle moment that he got to then be in this movie you know about queen and it was great yes absolutely. but i think we're kind of a we're kind of due for almost like a mike myers uh re-renaissance i mean we've had this with jim carrey he kind of stopped doing comedy for a while and now with the sonic movies he's kind of back to his element i would love to see another austin powers movie just to see what they would do with it nowadays because i think this franchise it's one that I don't watch like all the time, but when I do, like I did this, this week, rewatching all three, it's been a while. And I still, even knowing when some of the jokes are coming, I was laughing so much watching these. Sure. Films again. It's just, yeah, like, it's the humor sticks with you. they're just timeless and that sticks with me. And it's one that I do hope that he will uh, partner up again to watch. Cause yeah, as of right now, I think just Vern Troyer is the only one that has uh, passed away from the main cast. So he could he could still do it and whether they would recast mini me or just not include the character that's you know tbd uh but i hope a fourth one comes it'd be really fun yeah i do too but for now you know the austin powers legacy will live on and you can you know always relive these movies and uh i hope that new generations will get to enjoy them as much as we have because i mean think 25 years uh you know a kid in their 20 you know it's 25 now uh going and saying <laughs> to see you know like we, we talked to earlier with covid a lot of theaters have you know relaunched films after anniversaries i would love to see you know these come out maybe maybe not this 25th year maybe 30th but um no it's huge it's it's crazy yeah but, it, would um, be. it would be great but i'm glad we got to talk about these movies and i especially having you on andrew because i know you thank you very much for having me it was a, it was a pleasure well we can't let you go yet oh no we have our guest questions for you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we're actually going to ask you 10 questions, and they're all about you. There's no math oh, involved. Um, okay. So this is just, yeah, stuff about you. So uh, Tyler, why don't you start us off with our guest questions? For sure. I know we talked about this series, but number one, what is your favorite movie or movie franchise? Comedic-wise, it's got to be Young Frankenstein. I don't know why. I Maybe because I met Gene Wilder in person, and I actually watched a what? viewing of it in a theater in Stanford wow. where he did a Q&A afterwards. So oh that might have bumped it over the top. That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. Where he also fought for the song, putting, you know, putting on That's the right. He had because uh, Mel Brooks made him, uh, Mel Brooks did love it, but he just wanted to see 
Gene fight for it. And Gene was freaking out because he thought Mel was serious about not putting the the, the song in. And uh, yeah. Um, and of course, uh, yeah. Braveheart. I love oh. that movie. Um, what is a favorite TV series of yours? Severance. I just binged the entire first season of it. How was it? Because I've been I've been going back. Uh, Chris and I share Apple uh, TV Plus, and yeah, we, I want to watch that next. Was it good? Everyone tells me it's no. So good. You've got to watch it. Okay, okay. you've got to watch it. Uh, number three. What is your favorite video game or video game series? If you have one, Donkey Kong. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love my Donkey Kong, and then I stopped playing. Then I had children, and Skyrim. I I played Skyrim with my uh with my son. Oh man, that that, that game's intense. What is a favorite? What's a favorite style of music or artist? Uh style of music. I like all types of music. Um, I really don't have one favorite. It's like again with me, it's what I'm in the mood for, and it can go anywhere. But uh, Queen is probably my favorite band. I would say. Andrew, being a world travels like us, uh, this is always a tough one. But number five, what is the your most favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Easter Island. Ooh. That was cool. Yeah. Big statues. Big statues okay. on a ship. And then I rented a motor motorcycle and went around the entire island seeing everything. So that was that was by far the the my most favorite. Yes. What has inspired you to be where you are today? Getting laid, laddie. <laughs> if you're good you get laid no you know what <laughs> to be to be successful and happy at what you do and and i've been doing comedy now for for you know doing the do adding it up it always adds up to more at first it was 10 15 i'm going well over 20 years wow. and just being successful at earning a living at it and and i had a pause of 15 months with covid which made me have to just look at my life and reinvent myself all over again that was her that was horrible uh because literally you know you're earning a living in enclosed spaces with hundreds of people and then covid comes and people are backing their cars up to restaurants to having their dinners delivered to their trunks so you know in-person contact was was just not happening and so i literally thought could this go away forever and that thought was terrifying and so it's good to be back in action and doing shows again but yeah, ultimately, I'd love to. I'd love to have a television show. That that dream will never die, and I came close about 15 years ago. And so you know, keep at it. Love there you go. Uh, what is on that note? Number seven. What is the best advice you ever received? The best advice I. It has to do with show business. The best advice that I received was figure out a way to make money while you pursue your dream, because your dream initially might be something you think could take five years to fulfill. And then the five years turns into 10 and the 10 turns into 15. So for you to pursue your dream, find a way to make money while you're doing it so you can be happy. And that's why I started mowing lawns early in life. And I being half Hispanic <laughs> and allergic to grass, oh. I had a little business that allowed me to go and do my comedy and make some money and not, and not have to answer to anybody but myself. So that was a great piece of advice. Love and that. Work. Well, this is considered a pretty nerdy podcast as we talk about mostly movies, TV, video games, etc. What is your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? 
One being, you don't know anything about anything. Ten, you know every character in Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, Star Wars, etc. I'm I'm right in the middle. I mean, yes, I loved the, the Matrix. Was a I to, to be honest with you, when you say what's your favorite movie, I'm thinking comedy. But Matrix has got to be one of the top movies ever. I remember when it when I saw it for the first time, it just blew my mind. Pulp Fiction, again, another movie that changed everything when it when it goes to to movies but i just don't remember things in general so that's my problem i'm gonna have alzheimer's like now not later <laughs> so about a five today so it's tomorrow. about five to you know something you know puppet <laughs> oh. you know that's what i call my daughter and we laugh about it i'm like come on puppet not now <laughs> oh, let's not do this now puppet oh, and we probably, laugh she probably, she probably hates that <laughs> yeah no, she laughs. Oh, she gosh. thinks it's hysterical. Um, I, well, that's what I'm saying. You probably make your family laugh all the time, which is great. Um, number nine, obviously comedy is a big part of your life, but what is a guilty pleasure of yours? Masturbation. And I feel guilty <laughs> about it all the time. There we go. <laughs> guilty pleasure. Because I should be focusing on my wife and allowing myself to, to fulfill the urges. You know, I'm actually working on the concept that I think men, because we're talking about men and the masturbation thing, that if you hold off and you force yourself to only be able to release in a person, it makes you funnier, you're smarter, because now you're forced to figure out how to get what you want without having to stream porn like other people. <laughs> There you are, folks. That's a good thought. Heard it here first. Uh, our last question for you, Andrew. Obviously, we love to do impressions on this show. You were doing quite a few during this recording, but give us your best impression or an impression. Well, it's been a pleasure being on this podcast with you. Both of you. I live in Western Connecticut. I don't get out much, but I did get cast in Severance. It's a good show. Check it out. That was great. Oh, that was perfect. I love the walk-in. We there was actually a recording of Chris and um, Chris and I, um, Andrew and I doing our dueling walk-ins. That was that was a lot of fun. That one we'll and then Bernie Sanders. I love Bernie Sanders as a captain, as a ship captain. Why, why should the captain decide what port of call to go to? Why should less than 0.1 percent of the people aboard this ship decide what port of call to go to? I'm going to start a revolution where you, the passengers, decide. What port of call to go to? How much power do we need? 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was I awesome. Love, that was great. I love the ladies. Always have. I was about to say. Will. Speaking of port of call, we're not going to tell Hellcat, all right? We're going to go out there and have some fun, all right? I'm just going to sit by the hot tub. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. We should have fun all day. It's fun. I'm glad you guys are doing this. I've yeah, we love it. We love it. We love having guests like you come on and talk about some of our favorite things like movies and all that kind of stuff. So thank you, Andrew, for being on the podcast today talking about Austin Powers. My pleasure. And uh, is there anything that you're working on right now you'd love to promote or that you can talk well, about? Well, I, I, I got cast in an animated feature called The Encounter, but it's just taking so long to start on production. And I'm also the host of this show called The Big Little Film Show that we haven't launched. We've got the pilot episode. And uh, if you go to biglittlefilmshow.com, you can see it. All right. And where can people follow you on social media? That would be the Kennedy Live, the, uh, the Andrew Kennedy Live. 
or the Kennedy. You know what? Just Google Andrew Kennedy comic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but the Kennedy, up. yeah, at the Kennedy Live would be my Instagram, I think. Right. All right. I think isn't that terrible? Nobody in social media <laughs> should end the telling the the the, the address with I think. <laughs> You're like, I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm pretty sure. I think I, uh, that's what I did. It's a mystery. You have to solve it, folks, if you want to find out where Andrew On MySpace. Remember when Al Gore said he called Facebook, he called it MyFace. <laughs> he combined MySpace and Facebook. Well, uh, MySpace. My <laughs> oh, my box. gosh. All right. You guys have fun. Have fun storming the castle. It'll take a miracle. <laughs> Take care. You have fun as well. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Bye. That was fun. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.